Welcome to the Impactful Relationships Podcast. I'm so glad to have you back here with us today, and I'm really excited for the guests that we're going to have on this episode. Matthew is the owner of an aftercare company, and an aftercare company is, in essence, someone that helps after someone's passed away or they've died, helps a family or individuals um, provide closure and kind of wrap up a lot of the logistical things that they might be going through. And you'll be able to hear Matthew Van Drimmel to explain a little bit more about that process. But the real reason that I'm excited to have Matthew on this podcast is his unique perspective into working with families through the grief and loss process when, when someone dies. Kind of this logistical aspect thing that he runs into and that so many people experience that isn't readily talked about. Um, that we don't necessarily always think through the logistics of maybe what we're going to go through or other people have gone through. And so I'm excited. I encourage you to, to dive in and t- take a listen and also know that I understand that grief and loss is extremely complex. It's dynamic. It's not something at a single podcast episode or one conversation can adequately describe or go in depth on. And so there's a lot of information here that's great and there's a lot more depth that can be provided. And so I'd, I'd really encourage you, if you have any questions um, from listening to this episode, to send me an email at help, H-E-L-P, at impactfulcounseling.com. And, and let's connect. I'd love to talk through this a little bit more with you. But let's invite uh, Matthew onto the podcast. Okay, I'm excited about our, our podcast today and our, our guest, Matthew Van Drimlin. And... Um, Matthew, he's the owner of Full Circle Aftercare. If I can pronounce that, I think I got your name right, but then I don't pronounce Full Circle Aftercare right. So it's a mouthful. Yeah. You know, we're, we're glad to have you here with us and, you know, to share a little about your experience working in there and having a good conversation about grief and, and loss today. So I'll give you a second to kind of share a little bit about kind of Full Circle and, you know, who you are, what you're about, so that our listeners can kind of, kind of get a feel of where you're coming from in this dialogue as well as, as me. Hey, I appreciate it. And I'm happy to be here today. Uh, so yeah, I was working in the civil engineering field uh, eight years ago and um, looking for something maybe a little bit different. I wanted to work more with people. And and I had <clears throat> my bishop who actually worked in the funeral industry give me a call and he said, hey, you know, when families come into a funeral home, the funeral home does a really good job at helping the family with, with dealing with the body, memorialization. But after the funeral's over, families really struggle with all the next steps in dealing with, you know, the logistics, everything that person's life touched needs to be dealt with. And families don't have very good resources. And so they're taking a really long time to get through that. And it can be a very emotional experience and they're missing out on benefits because they don't do it right. Or sometimes they're opening the estate up to fraud um, or doing things that cost the family a lot of money um, when that shouldn't have. And so he's like, I think we need a service that just helps families with those next steps. And I loved that idea. And so we created this programs uh, eight years ago where Rather than, you know, most funeral homes hand the family a checklist or a a four-inch binder or something, say, here's a good guide, make sure you go do this. And our theory was, hey, people already have Google. They can find out all the things to do. 
what they need is they just need someone to hold their hand and walk them through it. And so our company was based upon that idea where we would call each family up and just personally talk them, talk with them through that checklist. And then rather than then rather than them having to call all those different government agencies and different people, we would do that for them. And so we take a process that takes most families a year to year and a half to get through. And we can wrap everything up besides if they have to go through probate, that's a little bit longer. But for most families, we can wrap up everything in one to two hours. And they just don't have to worry about it. It's off their plate and it's all done correctly. That, that's awesome. That's such a great service to be able to provide to those families. You said many people will take up to a year and a half to go through that process. And that's something you can do in a, a few hours. And, you know, kind of looking at things from the clinical perspective as I've, you know, sat with many people experienced in my own life going through grief and loss. Sometimes when someone passes away, it, it's expected. And whether it's, you know, they've had cancer for years and you've kind of been preparing yourself along the way, or maybe they've, you know, suffered from Alzheimer's and, you know, it's, you haven't really had the relationship with them for a long time. And some, in those situations, sometimes felt like people feel like they've grieved previously and they're more prepared and then they pass away. And, and sometimes they have a harder time than those that's unexpected. There's like this ambiguous, it's called ambiguous loss. It's the clinical term for it, but um, there's someone in your life, like whether they were physically present and they were psychologically absent, like someone with Alzheimer's, like you're right here all the time, but you're not the mom or the dad or the cousin that I once knew. And so there's a loss there that I've been grieving. But now that you've passed away, it's like you are physically gone. I can't see you anymore. You're not there for me. But now it's like you're almost psychologically a lot more present. I can't get you out of my mind. I can't get you out of my thoughts. And something right. that should take them or could, I shouldn't say should, but could take them a couple of hours or a couple of days to go through, could take years with these this aftercare things for them to work through that because that loss is so real and it is so challenging. And, and I would imagine on the, you know, the aftercare side, you, you see people from all walks of life and all circumstances reach out for help and, and work with you as they're going through that process. And, and yeah, you know, I, I always, uh, I guess at the beginning, I understood how messy the logistics can be. Uh -huh. I don't think I really understood the emotional component until I was doing it for about six months. And I ended up helping a gentleman by the name of Earl. He was a rancher up in Wyoming. Uh -huh. And when you talk to Earl, it was really cool. It was kind of like talking to John Wayne. Like I grew up on John Wayne, like old spaghetti Western movies. Yeah. And this guy sounded like him. He had that gravel in his voice. And he was, a, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like talking to like a real cowboy. And he was a tough, tough man. But his son had a disability and they knew he wouldn't have a long life expectancy, but he passed away in his early 20s. And so I was helping him wrap up the, the, the items for his son. And usually, you know, our checklist is very, very long, but because his son had never worked anywhere, didn't really have any assets, the only thing I had to deal with was social security, um, disability benefits, and canceling a credit card that uh, he was on so he could go buy Slurpees um, around the corner. So I go through everything and it, I'm done in like 15 minutes. Um, dealt with these couple things, had to call social security, talk to them, and then dealt with his credit card and set up a fraud alert. 
And um, when I get done, I, I go, Earl, hey, that's everything you need to do. I, I don't think there's anything else we need to worry about. And it's just silent. And I'm like, I can see on the phone, we're still connected. I'm like, Earl, can you hear me? Did, did we get disconnected? Are you there? And here's like Mr. True Grit, John Wayne. And he comes back just sobbing. And he says, Matt, I don't know why, but through this whole process, I expected my son's death. I expected these things to happen. But the thing that I dreaded most was getting on the phone with some government employee and discussing the logistics of my son. And the fact that you did all the talking for me and you said this for me, and I didn't have to say my son passed away, you said that for me, meant everything to me. And at that point, all of a sudden, this whole new side of my business unfolded. And I said, wow, by kind of unpacking these logistics and the, these tasks, I can, I can really help them on the emotional side as well. And um, that's when the passion grew for this that, that I absolutely love. And I've seen that story repeated a hundred times over. Just, just a couple of weeks ago, we had a new employee we were training and the employee, so we get this gentleman on the phone and he is just rude as can be to us. <laughs> so, so you have this new employee listening we have our estate specialist talking to the, the gentleman and he is just swearing and, and really just mean and kind of putting us down. And we're into the call about 50 minutes and we, we ticked off another thing off his list. And all of a sudden he just stops and he goes, wait a minute, you are here to help me. And we're like, yeah. And, and, and he just starts crying and he goes, I am sorry. I've been a jerk. I just, have all these emotions and it's, I'm feel, starting to feel peaceful now that these things are getting taken off, you know? And when I look to this uh, new employee and she's just bawling and she's like, this is such great work. And at the beginning, her eyes were like saucers. Like, I don't know if I could do this, but she's like, yeah, dealing with the, helping them with the logistics really does impact the emotional side too. For sure. Like the, those emotions are, are real. And you know, even going back to the story you shared about Earl, you know, John Wayne, tough guy, you know, happened to then face talking with someone about my son has died and, you know, and, and actually say that out loud and have it become like, not like a business transaction, but kind of, of like, we need to close this account. Here's this document you need from me. What document can I get from you? Like it, that can be so painful and so hard when I don't even know what I'm feeling yet, whether it was an expected or unexpected loss, like I'm sitting there maybe in like regret for the two things I did 25 years ago, or, you know, the relationship that I wish I would have had, or, you know, the anger that can set in. I'm, I don't even know who I'm angry at, but I'm just angry. And then I walk into to your office and I start swearing and cussing at people. And I'm like, wait, like, I actually would like some help and you're here to help me. And now I feel remorseful and I'm sad and I'm depressed, right? And you can kind of go through that grief cycle that there is the anger that sets in. There is the bargaining. Like, what could I have done or should I have done differently if this only would have changed? And, and there's that um, depression and that sadness that, that comes into that as, as well. And, and sometimes there's the acceptance. Sometimes you have the moments where 
I can call up and say, yeah, this actually happened or walk into the bank and say, I need to close this account. Here's the death certificate. But other times you just can't and it's too overwhelming because if I have to do that, I have to open up Pandora's box. And if that's open, I don't know if I can function tomorrow where I still have to go to work or I have to take care of my own family tomorrow or, or kids. And, right. and I can't do that. And it's like this day-to-day -day to survival where really making a phone call to someone that on your end, not that big a deal can be a game changer for someone in that experience. I, I love those examples that you shared there. Well, I think the problem is, is, you know, whoever the employee is where they're, they're working at an insurance agency or like the veterans association, like they're there for business. And so we interact with different people, with people differently in, in regular life situations, whether in business situations. And so when they're confronted with someone who's grieving, they really don't know how to act either. And so I, I heard these interactions and they're like this kind of feigned condolence, like, oh, I am so sorry for your loss, but it doesn't, it doesn't really match because they don't know this person. They're just sad that they're sad, but they also have to get through this next steps of business. And it can be, it can be this really awkward, you know, all of a sudden the person who's grieving has to say, hey, thank you. Thank you for being sorry. And it's just, it's just awkward. And having an intermediate, an intermediary who the family can sit there and listen and we can be business to business, right? We can say, I'm here to report the death of so-and-so and I need you to get this form filled out. I need to do this thing to their account. Like that intermediary, they can talk to us professionally because that makes them comfortable but then the family doesn't have to do that speaking. So that makes them feel comfortable. They can hear it happening without it being involved. Um, we had a, a new employee about a year ago and during his interview to hire him, I was explaining what we do and he goes, oh, I know, I know what this is. Uh, and he was young, he was like in his mid twenties. So I was like, how do you know this? And he goes, well, I had a friend who overdosed um, and died from drugs really early on. And, and I went over to his house because I knew what his room looked like and it was probably full of drugs and that his mom would have to clean that out and have to be confronted with that. So he showed some maturity. He went over there and started cleaning out this boy's room and his mom comes over and says, I need to, the, the friend's mom, the boy who passed away, um, he said, she said, I need to turn off his cell phone because it's been ringing all the time. And I don't know who's calling, who sold him the drugs, like which one of these phone numbers. So I don't want to just like turn it off physically. Like I want it canceled. So as he's cleaning the room, he hears her in the other room call Verizon Wireless. And she waits on hold forever, you know, hold music, hold music, trying to figure out the thing. And she gets on and here comes this employee, Verizon Wireless, how can I help you? And she's like, my son died and I need to turn off his cell phone. And the girl's like, oh, um, oh gee, okay, let me see, what do I do here? You know, actually, I think you're in the wrong department, let me transfer you. And so all of a sudden it's this blind transfer, she waits on hold for another 15 minutes, she gets to the next guy, Verizon Wireless, how can I help you? My son died and I need to turn off the cell phone. Oh, uh, you know, and it's this shock and, and he didn't know what he was doing and um, I guess after about an hour and a half, two hours, she was kept on getting transferred and transferred and she just hung up the phone and 
disgust and frustration and just collapsed on the floor bawling because of this highly emotional she's trying to like bury her emotions to try to act professionally and it just it just didn't work and so so he's like she could have used someone as an intermediary, <laughs> can't say that word today, um, to kind of walk with, uh, walk her through that process and say that. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I think people run into that experience so many times, like whether it's rising wireless, how can I help you? Can I upgrade your service? No, right. right? Like, and no. then that person has no idea what to do with the information. I, I need to cancel this phone service because my son died or because my wife died or husband. And then it's like, they have no training, grief or loss. They may have been their first day on the job and they're, they were trained to upsell you, right? Sell you more things. And so now they're right. like, I don't know what to do. And it gets super awkward. And right. sometimes those type of interactions also happen with the people that are closest to you or close in your life. Like, your your friends or family members like hey hey kyle um i'm so sorry that happened like can i bake you more cookies like or can i what can i do for you like don't be sad it'll be okay like like no it's it's not okay and i don't want another cookie on my doorstep like thanks but right. but that's how they keep or the, the at least you know i hate it when we hear from families all the time they're like i don't want to talk to anyone right now because everyone says at least like you know, my dad had Alzheimer's, he passed away, and everyone's like, well, at least he's not suffering anymore. Well, but now I'm suffering too, right? Like, mm -hmm. or, or they're in a better place, or, and it's like all these things that are meant to be helpful, in the end, uh, they don't feel very helpful. They feel like, what you're really saying is, I shouldn't feel sad, but yet, it would be not normal for me to not feel sad. Like, it's, it's, I should feel sad, and that's okay okay to feel sad sometimes like we have this idea that we we shouldn't be able to feel sad in life and that's just not accurate if we never felt sad we'd be weirdos <laughs> yeah. probably something physically mentally wrong with us right so we yeah. should feel sad we just lost our loved one and um and other people just don't know how to deal with that with our sadness so they just want it to go away they don't want us to be sad anymore and it it's too bad yeah like and on some ways and people, I don't think they're intentionally thinking this, but sometimes it's like, I don't want to feel uncomfortable that you're uncomfortable, or I don't want to have to manage your anger because you're in my office saying the F word at me and screaming, and I'm just here to help you. And they don't see behind the picture. They're not understanding the full story where actually that's a really healthy thing for that person to be doing is expressing anger. That's part of the grief or to be really sad or to be in that, that bargaining because maybe there is regret, right? Maybe you're estranged from your father for 15 years or, right, you, you, your last interaction with them was really negative before they passed away or it was okay. There can be some real regret and it's okay to have that. Um, and you have to ride space for that, for people to kind of work through that bargaining process to actually grieve it. Because if they don't, then they just suppress it. And it's like the beach ball right? You're holding under the water at the swimming pool and it's eventually going to do something, right? It's going to explode. Your right. life's going to start falling apart. And then it's not just going to be anger. It's going to be an angry life as opposed to a life full of meaning. So it, people need to work through that. And I think it is such a tricky space, whether it's in a professional thing, like 
closing a bank account or turning off a phone or a social media account or something, um, or I'm trying to talk with my brother or friend or coworker and I actually really awkward and I don't know what to do with this at all. When really you may just need to listen and let them experience whatever they're going through for sure. Right. Well, and it's, you know, we've, we've had some training for our staff and as we try to train them, we say, it's okay to not know what to say. And just tell them that, like, I don't know what to say, but I am so sorry you feel this way. And, and just validate that it's okay that they feel that way and, and validate them as a human being and the, the path they're going through is normal and natural. And our being there for them doesn't, is not contingent upon how they're feeling at that moment. Like, we'll just be here for you. I don't know what to say. I don't think there's anything I can say to make it better. So. Yeah, I, mean, I think, I think that's really, uh, really just true, right? And training people, like even it's like employees and, and being able to communicate and say, I don't know what to do for you right now. And it's also okay to ask people that question. Like, I actually don't know what you need. How can I be helpful right now? And, and be okay with the answer um, that it might be, I, I need you to just leave me alone. Or I need you just to listen as I yell and swear at you for the next 15 minutes and it's not about you. <laughs> okay. Right, right. Or maybe they do need some help taking care of like logistic things around their house. Like I, you know, I just can't even cook for my family right now. Could you help with that? Or I don't even know how I'm going to get to work for the next couple of days. <laughs> um, can you help me communicate with my boss or my employer about what's going on? Like there's so many of those things that we wouldn't think of or even know about. When we just jump into, well, at least you were able to say goodbye, or, or at least they're in a better place and not suffering now, and that's not helpful. And what I really need is I need someone to help me to shut off this phone because the thought of doing that is traumatic for me right now. Right, right, absolutely. Um, I think that one of our, the secret sauce for our company and the success we've had has been because of the type of employees we have who um, know how to deal with these families and be there for them in this difficult time. So we have, uh, my, my wife is extremely smart, had a master's degree at age 22 and was actually invited back by the U to teach as a professor. So she, here's this 22 year old professor up there <laughs> teaching and had just a really great career path uh, laid out ahead of her. And we had our first baby. And um, about six months later, she called me up one day and she's like, I'm quitting. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, you can't just, you're not just quitting a job, you're quitting a whole career. And she was like, well, this is my daughter and I want to be with her. And so she made the choice to give up a, a pretty good career to be a full-time stay-at-home mom. And all the criticism she heard from most of the other women. Um, and then as she was doing that, um, we started noticing a lot of women who make that choice to give up um, careers to be caretakers that oftentimes 
it's very difficult for them to re-enter the workforce because when they do re-enter, they need to be very part-time or they be flexible or they haven't worked for 20 or 30 years and so no one wants to hire them because they don't have a resume. So when I built this company, we went and talked to a bunch of caretaker women and asked them, how could we design a job that would work well for you? And we incorporated all those elements into our job. And so we have all of, all of our state specialists are single moms, um, widowed, uh, uh, stay-at-home moms who are re-entering the workforce in their mid-50s now or, or late 40s. And, um, and I thought that it would be very helpful to them. What I didn't realize is there's something about a woman who's a caretaker who she just knows that that's like the way to address bad people, right? Like, I know you're sad and I'm sad with you and I'm going to help you with this too. And so like you walk around my office and you'll hear Kathy be like, oh, sweetheart, your husband sounds like such an amazing man. Thank you for sharing that story with me. And oh, I just love this and love that. By the way, while you were talking, I canceled this and this and this and this. So keep talking and, you know, I'll just keep working for you. And, you know, then you go with the other side and you'll hear Katie go like, uh, sir, you listen to me. This family's grieving and we need to get this paperwork done today. So do I need to get your manager on the phone? Because <laughs> she'll sit there and fight for him. And the family just feels protected and guided in a professional way, but also very caring way. And um, so it's our secret sauce. And they are so, so amazing with these families. Um, and that's what the family needs. They need someone who, when it comes to logistics, is knowledgeable and knows what those next steps are, but can also kind of be with them where they're at. If they're feeling angry that day, if they're feeling 10 emotions all at once that day, or if they're just feeling numb, um, we can help them through all those next steps. Yeah, and that, whether it's the feeling of being numb, those difficult moments, those can be some of the most impactful moments in, in someone's life. Like when, when you lose someone and really any type of grief, right now we're talking about like death and someone passing on. And the grief comes and happens in so many ways, right? Even of I'm grieving a career that I, I wanted and I hope for, and I changed that. And there's a loss associated with that. Even if it's a loss I wanted, there's still a loss. Um, and a lot of decisions and choices that we make in our life and, and death is something that will happen. It's not a matter of if it's when it's going to happen to all of us and, and how we go through that. And so when we don't hold the beach ball under the water and, you know, people provide a space for us to actually grieve and we can actually grieve, it can provide some of the most meaningful and impactful aspects of our life. And it can change our life where, Right. Even if there's these years of regret, now my life has dedication and purpose and meaning in a way that it never had before. Or right. because now I've experienced something so horrific and terrible and my life will never be the same. And I, I may be angry about this in some way for the rest of my life and sad. That's okay. And you can now become a more like loving and compassionate or understanding or driven or motivated whatever it is person is you give meaning to that and purpose. And it's all about, as you work through that grieving process, what meaning am I going to give this to me and to my life? And how am I going to use that to guide 
how I move forward. And there's not a right or a wrong way to do that or a timeline of which that happens because the truth is I may have felt like I was doing really well for 25 years and then all of a sudden I'm at a child's college graduation or I'm at a funeral for someone else and the next day it feels like I don't even know if I can get out of bed because I lost my dad or my son or my daughter or my grandma 25 years ago. Like, why is this so hard right now? Um, I should be happy that I met my own child's wedding, but I'm so <laughs> sad because this person's not there and they should be. And, and that's hard. It's like this dichotomy where you can experience opposite emotions at the same time. And right after a loss, those things are just so intensified because it's confusing. It's so ambiguous as well, where I know I'm grieving the loss of their physically absent. They're gone right now, but I actually don't fully understand everything that I'm grieving. And that may be part of the reason why I'm actually really angry right now is because I don't understand yeah. and it hurts. Yeah. Well, I think that there's a difficulty that, you know, for years and years and years, they told us, well, it's these stages of grief. And stages is just such a bad word to, to describe it because it feels like, oh, well, once I feel angry, once I'm done feeling angry, I'll never feel angry again. Like I've gone through that stage and now I'm going to feel this next stage and then I'll be done and I won't feel anything. It's like, no, no, you're going to feel all these emotions or none of these emotions and it's going to cycle through for a long period of time. Um, and so one of the things that we really focus on is when we get through the logistics and we make sure that the families get all the benefits they're entitled to um, and we make sure that all the accounts are wrapped up and, and the state is protected that there's not going to be any fraud and and everything's moved the correct way at that point we say okay this is done but that doesn't mean you're done right now you need to focus on you and we really encourage every family we talk to like go talk to a professional go talk to a therapist, someone who can help you with those next steps, because this is too big. Even if you think you have this, it's the same thing with us. A lot of families, when we first start talking to them, they're like, oh, I think I can handle that. It's not a big deal. And yet 82% of widows aren't receiving their full social security benefits because they didn't have anyone to help them with that next step. They thought they could handle it. And so there's a financial repercussions for the rest of their life if they don't do it correctly right now and there's emotional repercussions for the rest of their life if they don't get that professional help as well and this is a time when they shouldn't go it alone where they should reach out to professionals whether it be you know someone helping with the logistics or someone helping with that emotional journey and make sure that they grieve in a healthy way because I mean how many people who didn't grieve properly ended up in addictions or other mental challenges mental health challenges for the rest of their life yeah yeah absolutely and I, I think part of the person going through that grief process is being able to be okay not being okay yourself and to communicate yeah. that and ask for help like say i can't look at this bank statement i need someone to help me with this or i need to go to a counselor not because i can't do this on my own but because i need someone who i can say whatever the hell i want and they are just going to be there present. They're not, they're not going to, I'm going to have to see you at the grocery store or at the next family dinner or at church on Sunday, whatever it is, right? This unbiased presence that can help me figure out what I can't figure out myself. Um, 
and it's okay to turn to those things and, and really get that support. Um, they can change your life as opposed to, I got this, it'll be okay. I'm supposed to be angry right now and I'm going to be angry, which is true, but you don't have to walk it alone and, and you don't have to pretend like everything's okay and allow other people to be really unhelpful in your life, not to be a jerk about it. And right. you don't have to have that same conversation of, well, at least over and over and over again. And then. Right. And, and it kind of, I mean, I think these two issues are so connected because, you know, well, I have lots of family around or I have other support systems, but those support systems are not trained to help you properly right sometimes and they can say the wrong thing or kind of push you to work through grief in an unhealthy way totally well intentioned they're just not trained in that right um and same thing with us i can't tell you how many families have gotten into just a huge mess because their son-in-law or their cousin or their uncle told them oh well you should do this or you should do that in wrapping up an estate and in 90% of the cases, that's, that's true. But in this, in this case, it's not. And they just cause 10 times more work for the family by being so well-intentioned. And um, so you, you do need the families. It's a difficult time to accept that help, but it's so critical that they do. For sure. It's like a, an analogy I might use is like, if I choose to do a massive home project on my house to like remodel a kitchen, I could probably do that on my own. And it may actually cost me more than if I hired someone to do it because I didn't have to repair the water line that I broke and I, all these other things. And when you're grieving, that's not the moment to make things worse or more difficult. And so you probably are capable of doing something and it's okay to have someone else help you with it to take things off your plate and give you the space to grieve and, and move forward. So, well, I had, uh, you know, my first business partner, <clears throat> um, I mean, he's the one who trained me how to do this and his mom passed away and, you know, he's helped hundreds, if not thousands of other families do all these next steps. And so with his mom, I didn't even think a second thought about it. Like, okay, go, go take care of this and it was like six months later and he mentioned something and I realized he hadn't even started the process for his mom's estate sorry the jet over my head <laughs> uh he hadn't even started the process for his mom's estate and I'm like Tom do you want me to do this for you right and um at first he's kind of offended but then he was like yeah I do because I know what to do but I'm just I can't get through it and I'm not doing it correctly like even someone who knows all the steps to take when it's your own family member and you're saying over and over again, my mom passed away, my mom passed away, my mom passed away. It, it's hard to, it's hard to do. And you get this fog of grief and you forget things and you miss things and, and that can cause problems. Absolutely. It's so true. I, I really appreciate this conversation and, and your time. Is there anything else that you'd want to share with, with our listeners? Um, you know what? I, I appreciate the time as well. And it's been helpful and I've, I've learned as well. Um, I, I, I think that it's important that we continue to try to strive to um, find the right resources in our life that can help us through those difficult times. And, and therapy 
I'm, I'm, I'm excited that clinicians and, and therapy has become, I kind of turned the corner. I feel like it's more and more accepted. Uh -huh. um, and that is so good and so healthy because we need, we need that emotional support. So I appreciate all you do. Um, and I appreciate you having us on. If, if there is anyone who's listening who wants our help um, in wrapping up those estate issues, uh, we're Full Circle Aftercare is our name. And there's a hyphen between full and circle. And so you can email me at matt at full-circlecare.com and we'd be happy to help you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Matt. And certainly, you know, if someone's listening, you're going through this process, reach out, like take something off your plate and um, make the grieving process a little bit easier or not easier. That's not the right way to say it, but give you yourself the space to grieve. So, yeah, absolutely. Okay, Matt. Well, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Talk to you later. Thanks for tuning into the podcast today. As always, this information is not therapy. It is not counseling. It's not information specific to you and your circumstance because I don't know your circumstance specifically. This is simply information and information that I hope you find impactful. I look forward to having you back on future episodes.